All right, look at your hand out there. We want to talk about uh, the man that God uses uh, uh, as, we, as we look at this, God's plan for every man. Uh, and God's plan for every man, as we've been looking over the last couple of weeks, is, is God, God wants to use us. Part of what he wants to do is, uh, uh, but we have to prepare to be used by God. If you want to be used by God, uh, there are uh, some things that you have to do. When I uh, went from uh, not being in the ministry to surrendering the ministry, uh, I didn't take a step uh, from from a pretty uh, pretty outrageous lifestyle uh, to preaching the next Sunday morning. That that transition doesn't doesn't happen. Uh, it, uh, I made some steps. I took some steps first, just by giving my life to Christ and saying, Hey, I want to follow you, Christ, uh, uh, relocated to Dallas from Houston, uh, enrolled in seminary. That doesn't necessarily always, if, especially in the local church have to be the number one thing. I begin to get rid of some old habits, uh, that I had begin to, uh, uh, let Christ do in me a new work and, uh, a new life. Uh, then I started uh, with some very menial tasks in ministry. Uh, one of the ones you've heard me say over the years, uh, uh, one, of, one of my specific jobs at one of my intern ministries uh, was I had to be at the church early in the morning to make the coffee uh, for the people who were coming. And uh, that was just one of those menial tasks that uh, I did. And my wife would come up here and we'd, we would do it together and not come up here. We'd go up to church. That was at Prestonwood. Uh, I did that. And what you had to do oftentimes at Prestonwood uh, is, remember those big 100-cup percolator uh, cups that you used to, you'd start it and it'd take an hour for it to percolate? Uh, well, we found out you, know, you had three different levels of, uh, of adult classes that were up there. If uh, you'd have to put them on timers, because if they were if they were percolating at the same time, they would blow the fuse. They would flip the uh, they would flip the breaker. So you had to have them on timers and the timers. So one would have to get all the way percolated and be on warm before the other one could kick off. And so we would come up and set all those up on Saturday night, and uh, then they would start going. And then as soon as you went in, you would walk around to all of those, you know, like 15 coffee stations. And sure enough, one of them would have just messed up. You, hadn't, you didn't time it right, and so you'd have to get, get them re-cranking. Uh, you'd have to carry it over. Uh, then, then at the end of the day, after I'd done whatever ministry I was doing for that day as an intern, uh, I'd go pick all of those coffee cups up. We've got facilities people that did it. I basically did that. I mean, I'd surrendered to the ministry, but I did that. We would come out. I'd go in. I'd wash it, wash all that stuff out. And that was when you had to tear the big bags out and put it in the big, big metal filter is what it was. Um, and some days, i got to confess to you, some days I would get in a hurry and uh, one week, I, Gene and I had something to do. I can't remember what it was. And so we took all those cups, all those uh, hundred pot things, and we just put them in the cabinets, set them in the cabinet without cleaning them. Some of them still had water in them. Uh, and I kept thinking I had all the best intentions of, uh, you know, Monday when I came back into the office to, uh, to go in there and clean those. And I just forgot so the next time those suckers were pulled out were next Saturday. And let me tell you what, you talk about a march for science. When you open those things up, there was so much mold and so much, uh, we had more penicillin uh, than uh, you can imagine. And Gina's sitting there going, why didn't you clean these? But 
Uh, we, we cleaned them, kind of. And uh, I didn't drink any coffee that day, let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, but no one complained. It tasted the same, so I thought, hey, I'll do it again. But, but, but the reality of it is, when I, when I surrendered the ministry to be used by God, I didn't go from where I was to being a pastor of a church. Um, there were some steps. I was being prepared. And I will tell you, that, I look back, that taught me a lot of humility. And let me tell you what, it doesn't matter how much uh, we think people love Jesus. If you mess their coffee up at church, they're going to find out who's responsible for the messed up coffee. And that's where I learned a lot of humility. That's where I learned to bite my lip um, because I remember getting jumped on. People would come, you know, because we had, we had four floors at the old Prestonwood. People would come all the way up to where I was, married adult one, and, and jump on me, and their class was on the first floor about the coffee. And I remember thinking many times in my head, I've really got a good response. And if it's not just throwing you off the balcony, uh, it's, uh, you know, something like, hey, I'm surprised a guy of your age could make it up there, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. I did not fix the coffee this morning. I'll never fix another cup of coffee in my, in my life. Uh, but anyway, it taught me some, some lessons. Uh, getting to do dart bus at Old Prestonwood and, and just having people complaining about the bus, it taught me a lot. Now, let me tell you, I always knew that I did not surrender to the ministry of coffee making. But I'll tell you, it taught me a lot. It taught me about doing the little things. Uh, I never surrendered to coordinating the bus duty and dart duty uh, for people to park off campus at the old Prestonwood. There were a lot of things that I did that, uh, that I knew I wasn't called to. Um, you know, I remember going to youth camp every summer. I was never in youth uh, uh, ministry, and I remember being reminded at youth camp or youth mission trip or whatever, this is not what I'm called to do, but all of those things taught me to do something. So as, we, as you, you want to be used by God, you're going to find yourself from time to time making coffee. You're going to find yourself from time to time uh, coordinating something that you know this is not what God called me to do, but I will promise you I'll look back on things like that. And they were preparation for, uh, for ministry. And so let me give you a, a first thought. Uh, God created us to use us. Uh, he wants to bless you while using you. Uh, in Romans chapter 6, as we think about how to get ready to be used by God, Romans chapter 6, verse 13, uh, Paul says, Do not offer any part of yourselves to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Notice that instrument, instrument, instrument. God uses all kinds of instruments. Uh, you look through, um, there's no one in my house that is Martha Stewart. Um, there's no one in my house that, that we're, we, we're not big cooking connoisseurs. We're pretty basic, man. Steak, hamburgers, chicken, that's kind of where we are, uh, spaghetti. Uh, but there are a lot of instruments we use, and that's the same word there, instruments, bowls, cups, knives, forks. Everybody in here is a little bit different. God uses all kinds of instruments. Uh, I want you to know that if you're young, God can use you. If you're old, God can use you. If you're single, God can use you. If you're married, God can use you. Uh, if you've had some mold built up in your life, uh, God can clean you up and use you again. God can clean you up and use you again. Uh, so let me talk to you about how to get ready to be used by God. Number one, write this down. Purify your heart. Purify your heart. What is it in your heart? Be honest. What is it in your heart 
that you need to be purified from. Um, one of the big struggles for kids these days, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Sean McDowell spoke uh, to our kids. Uh, Sean McDowell spoke to our kids on pornography and uh, the, the, the reality, the real issue of pornography. Uh, man, a kid with a phone today is about two seconds away from about anything they want to see. And uh, two seconds away from about anything they want to see. But the reality of it is, that's the same for us. Could be the same for you. Uh, Is there something in your life that you know that I need to be purified? Is there something in my heart? Notice what it says in 1 Timothy 2, verse 21 and 22. It says, those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments. There's that word again. Instruments for special purposes, made holy and useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. When he makes us an instrument of holiness and purity, why does he do that? Christ doesn't forgive us and purify us to set us on the mantle for all the other Christians to look and see how pretty we are. That is not what an instrument is for. Uh, Y'all remember, uh, probably you're in the same situation that I am. Uh, We have the same china that we had uh, when we got married. In fact, people paid a lot for it. It was pretty. My wife acted like she let me help choose it. And I think when all these 25 years of marriage or whatever, I think we've used it three times. And anytime it's set out, I am scared to death to use it. Uh, in our, you know, I remember the first couple of little apartments we'd have. She would have like two little settings out on the buffet, you know, just to kind of dim it. Had a little light. Now we don't even bother with that. I think it's all in the attic, just in the original boxes. All right. There are a lot of people that think that's Christianity, is to get really, really pretty, look really, really good, and let everybody else look at me. That is not the Christian walk. That is not the Christian walk. The Christian walk is to be an instrument that is used for good work. Notice what else. He he says, for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Then how do we do that? Notice, look, verse 22. To flee evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness. You've got to run from some things and to some things. What is it in your life? What is it in my life that uh, is impure, that I need to run from and pursue righteousness? My guess is everybody in here has got something. If you think, uh, well, porn's not my issue, or being unfaithful to my wife is not my issue, but you've got an angry, bitter attitude... And it is not uncommon for you to dump gas on people and light them, even inside the church and outside the church. Uh, That's a youthful passion, right? I mean, who do you see getting in fights, right? Young people, right? Young boys, they want to, they want to, you know, they'll get in fist fights and now you can look all over YouTube and they're, they're proud of them. Uh, You know, it's sad, but the reality of it, that is a youthful desire. 
that some people have just said, now, they'll, they'll dog me. Maybe yours is some sort of substance abuse. It's, a, it's an alcohol or it's, it, nowadays it's not just alcohol and most people aren't into meth and stuff like that, but prescription meds. It's crazy. Uh, the people that I encounter that, that, that pray for me, Pastor, I'm struggling with this. I, I started taking these years ago, and now I'm still taking them. Are there things that you need to flee? What He says, flee evil desires of your youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Notice what it says. Pursue all of those things along with those... Who call on the Lord with a pure heart. There's always got to be an understanding for us is we're never going to be, we're never going to get to where God wants us to get alone. We always have to be honest and open and real about my pursuit of what God has called me to be. And as you look at that, the, the deal is flee evil and youthful lust, pursue righteousness, love, faithfulness, peace, along with others who are doing the same thing. So purify your heart. What is it in your heart? What is it in your life? God uses all kinds of vessels. God uses vessels that have been, uh, that have been tattered by a, uh, a broken and sinful past. God uses vessels that uh, uh, have been broke financially. And now they're just putting, them, putting things back together. God uses vessels that are, that are wealthy. God uses vessels that are in their first marriage, that are in their second marriage. God uses vessels that have just killed their third marriage if they will flee evil and youthful lust. Does that make sense? God uses people that have never had an addiction in their life. God uses instruments and vessels that um, they struggle with it every day. God uses vessels that grew up in the church And they've been a church person, a goody two-shoes all their life. God uses vessels that have been anything but. And I don't know where you are in that, but I want you to know God uses you, whether you're young or you're old. Now, your first call of God might be to make some coffee. Might be to mark some cars. Park some cars. Mark some cars. That was our youthful desires. Uh, To park some cars. You know, I don't know what it is, but always know, you may not feel that's where you've been called to, but don't def- definitely don't feel like you're above starting there. Notice the next passage in uh, Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. It says, Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do something amazing among you. Now, uh, I would love for you to do this. Right above or right near where it says, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. Write the word today right above that. Write the word today. Now remember, consecration always comes before God using us. Consecrate yourselves today, and tomorrow God will do something important in your life. Does that make sense? Consecrate yourself today. Today is when the consecration should, should happen. Today is when purity should happen. So remember, if you want to be used by God in the future, 
It starts with consecrating yourselves today, for tomorrow God will do something amazing among you. You say, how do I consecrate myself? Well, one clear thing is right there in the next verse, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all of our unrighteousness. Now, I love what Augustine said. Augustine said, the confession of our bad works is the beginning of our good work. The confession of our bad work is the beginning of our good work. Man, if, if you want to be used by God, sit down and honestly make a list of those things in your life that, uh, that you need forgiveness for. And and here's what I mean. Be honest about you. Man, I've I've got an addiction problem. I've I am I just kill my wife with my words. Um I kill my kids with my words. Uh I've got a hidden sin over here. Um be honest. That's what consecration is. Be honest about what is in your house. And, and the truth is, what's the junk that is in your garage is going to look a lot like junk in my garage. But the stuff you use in your garage, the junk, might be a little more worn here and less worn here. And so that's what we need to understand. We need to confess those things. So I I love those words of Augustine. The confession of our bad works is the beginning of our good works. Once I get honest about my struggle and my problems. Now, here's some practical steps. If you want to say, well, what should I confess? Well, let me just give you a couple of thoughts, all right? Uh, Practical steps of purifying your heart. Uh, Get along with God and ask and confess. Ask, who have I hurt? Who have I hurt? All right, write the word next to that guilt. I'm are guilty. Who have I hurt? And I'm guilty. Man, I did it. I've actually blamed them, but it's my fault. All right, that's the bigger issue. I blame them, but it's my fault. And, and, and who have I hurt? And you need to confess that. If, if you've destroyed a, a, you know, a, a, a business partner or whatever, you can't always undo that. And, and I will tell you, you, you don't necessarily need to go fishing in old ponds, but you need to own it and you need to confess it. I'm not saying you go, this is not what I'm encouraging. Don't go call that. 11th grade girlfriend that you broke up with and you've been married to your wife for 40 years say listen I just wanted to go see you for a minute because I got something to confess that's not what you do you, you, you sit here and go what what am I guilty of who have I hurt and let me tell you what if, if you can fix it fix it confess it to God fix it what I found in my life Even when I've had those opportunities where I've gone back and asked forgiveness, one of two responses seems to happen. One is, it was no big deal. Which, great. It may or may not have been a good deal, but I feel better because I went and did it. Secondly is, 
It doesn't help. But I've done the right thing. Now don't get bitter about it. So if you want to practice, who have I hurt? Here's the next question. Who has hurt me? Who do I resent? Write that word resentment down. Who do I resent? Who am I bitter about? Who am I angry about? And I will tell you, here's what will kill your ministry, your ability to be used by God as much as anything as you continue to be used by God, is one, having a consistent habit of hurting other people, either intentionally or unintentional, or secondly, uh, walking around thinking all the time about who's hurt me. I'm just so mad. I'm just so angry. I'm just so this. I'm just so that. Man, you don't want to be that way. You don't want to be that way. Here's the third question. Who am I jealous of? And just write jealousy or envy. Who am I envious of? Resentment, anger, bitterness, that's who's hurt me. Who am I jealous of? The, the reality of it is there's always somebody who makes more money than you, seems to have it together, they've got a nicer this, they've got a nicer that, their kids always seem to be better. Uh, man, their social media page just seems to be so much better than mine. They don't seem to have wrinkles, and I do. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that we can focus on. Who am I jealous of? And, man, confess that. God, I, I'm jealous of my brother. I'm jealous of my sister. I'm jealous of my neighbor. I'm jealous of somebody at the office, and it's killing me because you know what the difference between jealousy is, jealousy and envy is? And this is where you want to be careful. Jealousy is, um, you know, if Dan has a nice car and uh, he pulls it up here and it's a nice red Ferrari or Vet or something like that, and I walk in and go, dang, I'd love to have one of those. And it always seems like Dan gets the nice stuff. And I'm jealous. And I walk around and think, I wonder, I wonder what he pays for that. All right? That's jealousy. Envy is the next step of jealousy. Not all, Envy means not only am I so jealous of the car, I'm also jealous of Dan that I wish Dan didn't have it. That's envy. That envy is jealousy taken to the extreme that not only am I jealous of something that someone has, I, I wish they lost everything they had. I, I, wish, he, I wish he'd wrecked that vet. I hope the bank, bank takes it back. And so you want to make sure that, man, there are, if there's someone that you wish in your heart something ill happens to, be honest, how many of you can think of someone you would just love to see someone get knocked off their high horse? Don't look at me with that blank stare. <laughs> Bunch of liars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got one of these. This is all I got. One right there. <laughs> All right, confess that. Man, confess that. Because if you walk around wanting somebody else to get knocked off their high horse, man, that, that's impurity. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm a man of flesh, too. There are some people that just need it, right? Uh, and I'm like, Lord, you know, if you would just give them a little dose of humility. I hate those people. that are Like Justin, it seems like everything turns out fine. Justin, always. You know, I just wish God would knock him off his horse sometimes. He's always riding around in here on his white pony and stuff like that. 
But the reality, who am I, who have I hurt? Who's hurt me that I haven't forgiven? Man, who am I jealous of? Who am I envious of? And then what am I worried about? What do I worry about? Confess worry. Now, here's why I wanted to put that in the list of the questions. Because if you're worried about something, you're truly worried about something, what does that mean you are not doing? I'm not trusting God. I'm not trusting God. If I am worried about something, that means I'm not trusting God. And you need to confess that. And, and I, will, I will tell you that this is, this is me too. And you're not missing anything. I'm stopping here because we're going to pray. Um, the, uh, but but those, those four areas, who have I hurt? Confess that. If you want to be used by God, cleanse yourself. Who have I hurt? Confess that. Be honest about it. If you can fix it, fix it. But don't go stir up the harness nest, right? All right? If you've really done something wrong to someone where the best thing you can do is you confess it and just let them go on with their lives, don't go rehash it. If, if you're close to, close to somebody, it might be good to say, hey, let's go have a cup of coffee. Does that make sense? Don't hurt somebody more because of something. But confess that. Who's hurt me? Who am I just PO'd at all the time? If you walk around bitter and angry, you'll never be used by God because you'll lash out at people. You'll, uh, and you'll destroy your own ministry. Um, who am I jealous of? Who am I jealous of? Who am I envious of? And then finally, what am I worried about? I want to invite you guys just to uh, just stop. We're going to stop right there, just that first point on being used practical. Stop. If you've got a few minutes to stick around here, maybe share one hurt, one thing that you've hurt somebody else about, one thing you are, just any one of these, just one. Don't, don't somebody, one of these. You've been hurt, who, who's hurt me, who have I hurt, what I'm, who I'm jealous of, or what do I worry most about? Just one thing, roll around that and share, and then someone at the table pray. All right, God bless you guys. Just roll it, everybody share one thing, and then somebody at the table pray and close. We'll pick this up next week.